Now I reckon, um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I reckon that at this time of coronavirus, there is a lot of soul searching and a lot of self-evaluation going on in Christian homes up and down the land. Isn't that true? Uh, COVID-19 hits and our mortality is brought to us as kind of front and centre in new ways. And what's been one of the effects of that? One of the effects for many people has been to alert us to uh, how apathetic we are, in a sense, towards the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm right, and I, you know, COVID-19, it strikes and all of a sudden we realise, don't we, that we have been spiritually sleepwalking uh, through life in recent years. Now, if that is our situation, and if we long for that to change, there's an obvious question that we ask, isn't there? The question, how does that happen? Like, how do we change? Like, I desperately do not want to be apathetic in this short time I have on earth. I don't want to have apathy towards uh, God and this gospel. I don't want to spiritually uh, sleepwalk. So, So here, right, like now, today, in the midst of a pandemic, how do I live for the glory and the honour of my God? Uh, well, tonight, uh, just for a, a really short while, I want us to look to scripture or uh, more specific, specifically, I want us to, to consider the hours before the cross as Jesus kind of prepares his disciples for his departure. Okay, And as we look at these verses that we've read together just now, what I think we'll see is this. We're going to see a task that Jesus has given us. We're going to see a great task that the church is to embrace wholeheartedly in the time before the Lord Jesus returns. So um, I'm sure you have in front of you um, your Bible. If not, run and get it and uh, if you turn with me to John 13, uh, to, to these verses, verses 34 and 35 of John 13. And what, what we'll do, what I'll try and do just now is just highlight uh, one or two things that we see here. Okay, so if you're ready, um, let's first of all, you and I, let's think about the object of this love, the object of this love. Okay, now... Excuse me, the obvious thing for me to say is that here at this point in John's Gospel, Jesus kind of commands us to love. Alright, that's really obvious, isn't it? He's telling you, he's telling me, if we're going to be Christians, the bottom line here is that we've got to be loving people. Okay, that's an obvious thing to say. But perhaps maybe what we need to do is to think about something that's a bit more puzzling or a bit more confusing. See, do this with me, just look at how Jesus begins verse 34. Look, his first few words there. He says, a new command, that, a new commandment, a, a new commandment. And if you're sitting there tonight and you know your Bible at all, that is a little bit confusing for us, isn't it? Because you know, I know that in the Old Testament, God has actually expressly told his people to be loving people before, hasn't he? In Leviticus, he said, you know, you've got to be loving people. So in what sense is this a new command, right? Do you see, like, how, is, how can Jesus say this is a new commandment? Well, since we've been uploading these videos, um, I've had a few comments about these books <laughs> that I've got behind me. Some people poking fun at me about some of the content of, of these books. 
And so I'm going to use these books to try and uh, illustrate how this is a new commandment. Okay, so here's the deal. Uh, A few years ago, I bought a book called On Being a Pastor by a guy called Derek Prime. And the, the book arrived and it looked a bit like this book that I've got here. This is not on being, this is not the book, okay? For reasons that will become clear to you. But I bought a, and it arrived, you know, it's one of those books you take the cover off and it looks like that, right? So what would you say? It's a bit boring, <laughs> a bit bland, right? But being an idiot, I uh, lost the book, okay? I don't know what happened to it. Who knows what happened to it? Uh, but I love the book, I really do, so I ordered it, I ordered a new copy, and it arrived, and it looked like this, okay? Now, you're with me, it's like a bit of a difference, would you agree? Right, this has got a shiny new cover, you know, with a nice new illustration, it's got a new introduction, it's got, like, all the chapters are augmented, it's even got a new co-author in the book as well. Like, did you see? It's the same book, right? But it's de- re-edited, remastered, reworked. It's renewed, a renewed copy of the book. Do you see? If you do see, now you understand this commandment. Because what's going on here? You, you think about it. Yes, in the Old Testament, God issues a command of love. But what is Christ doing here in John 13? Do, do you see what he's doing? He's taking that command and he is renewing that command. He's enlarging that command. I think what Christ is doing is giving the command of love a new kind of prominence for the New Testament community of faith. And if you will, look again at verse 34, look at it, you'll see one way in which it is new and renewed. Because look at it. I, I, I bet anything that you sitting there watching, you know, and you could actually recite to me the Old Testament uh, the command of love. Can you? Leviticus nineteen eighteen. Bet you could. you could. You could say, what does God say? He says, love who? Love your neighbour as yourself. But look at that. Do you see what he says here? It's not that. Judas leaves the room. Jesus is in the upper room with the 11 faithful disciples. What does he say to his people, to his church? It's not love your neighbour. Who is it? It's love one another. And friends, are you, you hearing that? Are you grasping that? What's this task that you have been given by the Lord Jesus Christ before his return? It's the task to love your fellow sinners saved by grace. That this beautiful task that we have to embrace is, yes, we have to love our neighbour, don't we? Like at a time of coronavirus, we've got to think about how, how we can do that. And we've got to love our enemies. But fundamentally and essentially, what we see in here, that the Christian church, one crucial objective for the Christian church is to show great affection and great care for each other. We are to love the community of faith. So there's the object of of this love. A second thing that I, I want you to consider is the nature of this love. Because, I don't know, how do we do this? Like, what what does it look like for a Christian to love another Christian? What does that mean? Like, uh, if I'm out and about in London and I'm walking past our church and I see an, another elder, okay? Or, no, wait a minute. Let's say I see Gabriel Amarim. He's one of our elders, if you don't know LCPC. And I see Gabriel fly by on his motorbike 
Okay, and let's say I see him go past and I get a nice warm fuzzy thing in my heart. Oh, there's Gabriel. Is that me fulfilling this command to love my fellow Christian, is it? It's not, is it? And indeed, if you continue to read this verse, I think genuinely you will be struck by what you see. Look at verse 34. Continue to read it with me. So Christ says to you, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another. And we say, what does that look like? What does that mean? He says, love one another just as I have loved you. So did you see it? Like the benchmark for how we love the people at LCPC, the example that we have to follow is the manner in which Jesus Christ has demonstrated his love for you. And maybe it is that you are one of the many who who has been spiritually sleepwalking. Maybe you, like me, feel as though we have been alerted to our apathy towards Christ by this coronavirus. Are you in that category? Maybe again we need to consider exactly how Christ has demonstrated his love. You, you, you just think about the context of John 13. What did I just say to you? I just said that Judas has just left that room. Do, do you see how significant, do you see how dramatic that is? What does that mean? That means the cogs of Jesus' betrayal have just been set in motion. What does Christ know as he says this? He knows that the, the, the hour of his trial and his torture are at hand. Do you see it? Like how much does Christ love you? How has he demonstrated that love? He loves you so much that Christ Jesus was willing to die for you. That's how much he loves you. Think of that. In fact, more add to that. Christ Jesus loves you so much, Christian friends. He was willing to face the anger of God at your sin, in your place. So what does that mean? Like, how how do we love our fellow Christians? What what does that look like? Is it to be sort of half-hearted or lukewarm? You see, don't you? If it's to be like Christ, we are to love each other sacrificially. Isn't that it? We're to love each other generously, humbly. It's to be a self-giving, selfless love. It's an incredible standard, but I do think it's a beautiful thought. You and I in this church, we are to love. We are to love one another, but we are to love like the Lord Jesus Christ. So we see the object of this love, do we? And we see the nature of this love. Um, but thirdly, it brings us on really to the application of this love, doesn't it? Because uh, I know what you're thinking, right? Surely I, I'm thinking the same in a, in a way. How do we do this? Because Lucas, I, I mean, I never thought I would say these words out loud, but we are in quarantine, you know, like we're... Uh, in lockdown, we are self-isolated. Like, <laughs> Christ Jesus is calling me uh, to love you wholeheartedly and for you to love your fellow Christians wholeheartedly and we can't even see each other. We can't even get to each other. How on earth can we live this out in a time of COVID-19? How can we love one another? Well, in the name of practical application... Can I suggest to you just now, very briefly, four ways, Christian friend, 
that you can love your fellow believer right now in the midst of a pandemic. Okay, four ways that we can express love. Okay, first, we can forgive. Um, I don't know if it's, we talk about it enough, do we? But we know how difficult uh, being a committed member of a congregation, how difficult that can be. Especially if you've been a member of a church or part of a church for quite a while. What happens? Some people can drive us mad. People can, other Christians can get on our nerves. And you know, much worse than that, what can happen is that there can be bitterness towards other Christians. Isn't that right? Like a, a genuine bitterness can develop. Now, if if you are in that situation, if you are bitter, if you're holding something against another believer, I need to ask you this. Has this COVID-19 pandemic not shed new light on those circumstances? I mean, it must have done. Like, we've all thought about the brevity of life, haven't we? So has this outbreak, has it not brought into perspective the just the futility of us in the short time we have on this earth holding stuff against a fellow Christian. It has, right? And and so if we are to love like the Lord Jesus Christ, surely this is the case, especially in a time of pandemic. Surely we have to forgive whatever it is. We have to forgive and we have to let that person know that we, we have done that. So we can forgive. A second thing that we can do to express love for, for one another, do you know what we can do? The obvious, we can pray, right, can't we? And uh, maybe you think right now, oh, he's just stating the obvious, and it is obvious, isn't it? What can we do? We can take a list of all the people connected to our church. We can write that list, and we can work through it day by day, praying for these people. Isn't that a loving thing to do? But we can add to that as well, because surely in the name of love, we can pray for ourselves. Perhaps as you're sitting there thinking tonight, perhaps you're thinking, well, hang on, I don't have much love for the other Christians in my church. Well, can we not ask God for that? I mean, do we not perhaps all of us need to plead with God to deepen our affection, our love for the saints at LCPC? So we can forgive, we can pray. A third thing that I think is very important is that we prepare. Really important that we prepare. Um, I'm sure you're like me in this, are you? When I say that, I am really looking forward to getting back to normal. <laughs> uh, aren't you looking forward to all of this being over? Um, us getting back to normal. I'm looking forward to that. I don't want it to become too normal. Not in the life of the church. I, I desperately hope that we do not go back to a situation of some superficial relationships at LCPC. I hope we don't go back to a situation where there's some half-hearted living for the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, perhaps do you see what we could do right now? Starting today... We could spend much time thinking about how that could change. We could spend time thinking about what the new chapter at LCPC could look like. We could spend time right now through this pandemic thinking about ways, new ways in which we could love people when all of this changes. We can spend time thinking about how can we intensify our service of the saints when all of this passes and we go back to normality. 
So we can forgive, we can pray, we can prepare. And the last of these, I'm going to say this is the, the key one just now. Please hear it. We can communicate, communicate. Um, a few nights ago, we had a prayer meeting at London City Presbyterian Church. It was rather unusual for us. Of course, we could not gather together. So we used, not Skype, but Zoom. And there was uh, about four, uh, 50 people at LCPC all tuned in and we spent some time uh, praying together. It was really interesting. Uh, it was a great night. It was so encouraging to pray with the saints. But it was really interesting for me to listen to the prayers and to hear the content of the prayer. Because so many people prayed for the same thing. So many people on that evening thanked God for technology. You can see how apt, how appropriate that is, right? We were able to thank God that we could see each other, that we could hear each other, we could meet you know, virtually online. We thank God. And I'm saying to you right now, can we, can we not use that? I want you right now to imagine this. Please hear me. Imagine this. Imagine later on tonight, in the midst of this pandemic, later on tonight, your phone goes and you pick it up and it is somebody at LCPC, somebody in your church that, that you don't know all that well. And they're phoning, it's a short phone call, but they're phoning just to see how you are. They're phoning just to catch up. They're phoning to ask how they can pray for you. What would, what would that be like for you? Well, if that happens to me tonight, I'm telling you, that's a special thing, Right. Isn't it? Well, you know where I'm going with this, don't you? Is it not possible for you to take the initiative there, Christian friend? In fact, I'm going to be even more specific. I'm going to set us a goal, set you a goal at LCPC. If you are a member of our church, how about this, this week? That over the course of the next seven days, that you just take three people in our church, people you don't know, I don't mean your friends, don't mean those you know really well, but three people you don't know particularly well and phone them. Contact them, speak to them. It can be really brief, can't it? You know, you get their contact details, you phone them and you just ask them how they are. You're just checking in. You just want to know, how can I pray for you at this time? But wouldn't it make a world of difference? Wouldn't it be a loving act if we, yeah, we forgive and we pray and we prepare, but we also communicate better at this time with our brothers and sisters in Christ? And then I'll close with this. We've seen the object of this love. We've seen the nature of it. We've seen the application of it. The last thing is just to think about the consequence of this love. Um, can I ask you, have you heard of Kaka before? Um, do you know the name Kaka? He was a Brazilian footballer. Have you heard of him? Kaka was brilliant. You know, just a hero of mine. A brilliant, brilliant, brilliant footballer. Kaka was famous actually for, for um, uh, one of his goal celebrations. It was great. So I think he scores for Brazil. Might not have been Brazil, but let's say he scores for Brazil. Let's say it was against England. <laughs> and uh, he scores his great goal. And what does Kaka do to celebrate? He takes off his Brazil uh, strip. He takes off his top to reveal a t-shirt underneath with the words across it. I belong to Jesus. Okay, written on a shirt. I've got a theory about it. My theory is that uh, all of the Scottish 
national football team, all of the players for Scotland also have that t-shirt on underneath their strip. But since we never, ever seem to score a goal, uh, the t-shirt remains hidden for, for, for all time. But my question is, why did Kaka do that? Why reveal this t-shirt? Obvious answer, isn't it? He wanted the world to know that he loves Jesus. He takes it off, reveals this. He wants everyone to know that he was following the Christ, the Saviour, the Son of God. Well, as we close this, I just want you to look at verse 35 to see the consequence of love. Look at this with me, verse 35. Will you read it? Look at it. If we love one another as Christ has loved us, what's the consequence? By this love, all people will know that we are his disciples. And isn't that such a wonderful thought? Isn't it such a special, especially if you, like me, have been woken up by this virus to our apathy towards the Lord Jesus Christ? What could happen? Listen, people will look at us and see something special. People will look at us and see something attractive. People will look at us, now listen, people will look at us and long to know more about this God that we worship if we do what? If we will only sacrificially, generously love our brothers and sisters in Christ. So may it be that even now, even here, may it be even in this pandemic that you and I, Christian friends, that we love each other and the Christians around us, that we care for them more. Why? Why would we do that? All for the glory of the one who loves us today so much. What has he done for us? The Lord Jesus Christ. He has laid down his life for his friends. Friends, let's, let's pray. Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, we we pray to you, we rejoice that uh, you are God and that you are more than our God. We thank you so much for your instruction in Scripture. We do marvel at the timing of this commandment that Jesus gives, just as he knowingly is about to face great pain and agony, and to bear the sins of his people. Yet, even at that moment, he exhorts us to new levels of love for our family faith. We do pray, of course, for forgiveness, Lord God. We are poor in these matters. We are so desperate for your Holy Spirit to prompt us to greater love and to deepen our love. We ask that you would do this. And how we ask, Lord God, that many, many, uh, as yet unbelieving people would look at our Christian community, see the way that we care for one another, and that that might be used by you to bring them to Jesus Christ for everlasting salvation. Uh, Lord God, we commit these things to you, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.